0: There's been a theme in my heart now. It's been there for maybe three, four months, which I believe is prophetic for the Church Unlimited, which means prophetic for you and for me. And it's found in Deuteronomy 28. The thought is an open heaven. So let's read verse 12 and 13. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens. Is that good? To give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work. Of your hand, you know that's God's heart to bless all the work of your hand. You know, everything you do because you're one of His children. (coughs) That's the heart of God. You shall lend to many nations and not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Is that good? You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed. What a shame that has to be there. The commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today, be careful to observe them. So God is really wanting to open the heaven over our lives in a greater measure than ever before, which is, means it will fulfill Matthew six ten, which says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's an invasion of heaven. It's all up there, we know, coming to earth and specifically to Church Unlimited and to yourself. The power, the presence, the blessing of God increasing and increasing until I guess we have a full-blown revival and an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm interested in, and I'm sure you are as well. And Deuteronomy 28 says, God will give you rain on your land, bless all the work of your hands. You know, the last three months or so, I've been enjoying something of an open heaven over my life. And, you know, God usually starts with leadership and works His way down, especially of God's presence and God's voice in my life. In fact, uh, even yesterday was just an amazing, amazing day as God just spoke to me and His presence came in revelation, you know, probably for a, maybe about five hours as I was just with God and just enjoying Him and hearing His voice and thinking, God, this is amazing. This is incredible. And a revelation was coming and some things God showed me about this place. And I said, how awesome is our God. Friends, He's real. He speaks. His presence is an amazing thing. And God wants you to have more of it. A whole lot more so that being a Christian becomes the most ecstatic thing in your life. Yes. you begin to say, Oh it's just so good, Jesus, you're with me, you speak to me, your presence, your power, your voice, your blessing, and uh, hey that's what that's how it's meant to be all the time you know and so I, I remember years ago, and I believe the season is coming again where people would not miss a Sunday that's right. because of an, an awareness that, that, that God was going to break out on what might or could happen. And I believe that day is coming again. And that's uh, so what I say about next Sunday. If I was you, I wouldn't miss it. You just not, don't know. And as God increasingly moves in our services, uh, you know, more and more people years ago, uh, you know, when God was moving on a given Sunday, you'd get uh, 85% of your church members would attend. Uh, today, it's probably about 35 to 40%. On any given Sunday that you get so you know what you see here for our chi- size of our church you have to multiply by about eight or nine to know what our congregation really looks like it's an unusual thing isn't it this is a big church believe me but you know the as God begins to move we'll see more and more of these people turning up and if everyone turned up we would not fit everyone in the service but every seat would be taken balcony and downstairs 9 and 11 plus at 10 in the city. But, hey, that's the time that's going to come very soon. All right, let's keep praying for it, keep believing for it. I Just say those things to inspire of what God can do and what God will do. Imagine the day where you can't, you, you know, Saturday night you think, man, I just can't wait for Sunday to get to church. Thank you for that overwhelming response. You <laughs> can see you're really excited about that. Hey, you're going to be? I'm prophesying it over you now in Jesus' name. Come with me to Genesis 28, because I believe this is prophetic of what we are going to see. You will like this. Genesis 28, 10. And Jacob went out from Bethsheba towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set, and he took some stones of that place and put it on at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep, a bit like Pakistan, I think. <coughs> then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there were angels of God ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood at the top and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie i will give you and your descendants. God, give us New Zealand. The land on which we lie. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and east. North and south, and in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, "Surely the Lord it is is in this place." In Church Unlimited, I did not know it. He was afraid and said, "How awesome!" Is this place? Everyone say that with me. How awesome is this place? Say it again. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is the gate of heaven. That's going to become an increasing reality, believe me, in the coming weeks and months during the opening of this auditorium. Twelve, however many years ago it was, thirteen years ago, prophet Brian Bailey was here, and he opened the he said he said, "Tuck, I see this place filled with angels, and Jacob's ladder. You see, angels were ascending and descending." And throughout Scripture, we see the activity of angels. book of Revelation is full of angels. And there's going to come an increased activity of angels upon the earth and upon our church and churches to fulfill the great commission God has given us. What do angels do? Hebrews 1, 14 says uh, uh, about angels, Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Angels help. Christians, how many of you would like the help of a few angels in your life? Hey, that will make a massive difference for you. The season of angels is dawning upon the earth and upon Church Unlimited. I want to share with you six biblical keys to opening the heavens over your life. Tonight we will do these. We will not just be hearers of the word, we will be doers. Because hearing doesn't change anything. Doing is what makes transformation take place. Is there an amen somewhere in the house this morning? Thank you. So the first one is this, which goes without saying, is praise and worship. But let's not go past this too quickly because this could be the greatest single key to opening the heavens, Psalm 22, verse 3, you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. So, praise brings God on the scene. It's almost like when you praise, it's almost like the gate or the door of heaven opens over you to a greater measure. And that's what praise does. They, what we say is as Jesus is enthroned in praise in your life, Satan is dethroned in the heavenlies in your life. As you lift up the sun, you pull down the serpent. How many of you would like to pull down the serpent in your life to a greater measure? Praise is one of the ways to do that. We lift up the sun, we pull down the serpent through praise. There was a man who was about to die, Christian, loved God. Given a few minutes just to live, five minutes he was told, that's all you've got. He thought, well, I'm on my way to heaven, I might as well just begin to praise and thank God. He began to lift his heart, lift his voice, began to just sing praises unto God. Heaven opened up. God descended. That man was totally healed by the power of God and lived a a good number of years after that. What happened, friends? Heaven was opened. How? Through praise. You're going to notice something. People who have a heart of thanks and praise on a daily basis walk in greater peace, joy, and victory than others around them. Do you know why? Praise opens a dimension of God in your life that changes the very atmosphere in which you walk. If you want to walk closer to God and abide in His presence, become a person of unceasing thanks and praise. It will transform your life. Don't go looking in the bookshops for Six Keys to Success. I'm giving them to you now from the Bible. Praise is cheap. You don't even have to buy it. You just get it out of your heart and begin to praise His name. It's what we will do tonight. Psalm 104. Enter His gates worth, His courts worth. You want to get into God's presence? God says, "Here's the formula: Stop whinging, <laughs> start thanking, and I'll be there." Yeah. Start praising, and I will be there. It's a formula. From God, that's so simple and so easy to do. Remember when the enemy came against uh, the children of Israel? 2 Chronicles 20, 22, they began to sing and praise. What happened? The Lord sent ambushes against the enemy who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. You need to see the enemy defeated in your life, friend. Start to praise. Start to Seek his faith. Number two, persistent prayer. Let's go to 2 Chronicles in chapter 7, 13 to 14. This is really interesting. <clears throat> Are you with me? Yes. Verse 13, when I shut up heaven. Let's say that together. Is that, Maybe that's not there. When I shut up heaven. So it means heaven can be shut over your life. And heaven is pretty much shut over New Zealand. That's why the nation's a mess. So God says, okay, if I shut up heaven and there's no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among the people, then he gives us a solution. He says, now, when I shut up heaven, which I've done, if my people... Who will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. What do you do if heaven's shut? You're sitting there and thinking, man, I need heaven to open over my life. I need heaven to open over my community, over my nation. The Bible gives us the prescribed formula to open heaven. Persistent prayer. Every time you pray, you give earthly license for heavenly interference. How many of you would like heaven to interfere in some area of your life? Wouldn't you just? How do you do? How do you give heaven license? See, if you don't pray, you don't give him license. He can't work. But when you pray, like we will tonight, you give him license. Isaiah 64:1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens that you would come down. Yes. What's that? Oh, praying. God, we in the heavens. <laughs> come down. It's a little boy. Receives a New Testament from a, an evangelist. <coughs> he reads the whole New Testament. This guy's hungry for God. But he didn't understand it. He saw how the apostles and others received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues. And he wanted the same experience. He wanted more of God. Young kid, 10 maybe, 11, I don't know. Wanted more of God. I wonder how many of you want more of God? Really want more of God. So you know what he did? He resolved that after school every day, he would just go into the forest and pray and pray and pray and pray. Right through until the evening. It's just a little kid. One day he's praying, and a man dressed in white clothing appears to him. Do you like that? Takes the New Testament out of his hand, gives him a whole Bible, says, Read it. As soon as he began to read the Bible, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. What am I saying? This boy wanted more of God. He wanted heaven to open over his life. So he set his heart to seek the face of God. Persistent prayer opens heaven over your life. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. The moment you get out of bed, Satan's number one strategy against you is to keep you from prayer and from the Word. It says number one strategy. If you get to the end of the day, go into bed and and you've not prayed or read the Bible, Satan thinks, mission accomplished. Kept him away from God, away from an open heaven, away from blessing. Well done, demons and cohorts. Thank you for another successful day against one of the servants of God. Friends, don't give him that honor. Don't ever let Satan, when you get into bed at night, be clapping, cheering, cheering that he kept you from the word and from prayer. Friends, his number one goal when you get out of bed in the morning, he's got to stop you praying. He's got to stop you reading God's word. I can see we're getting very excited here this morning. So, You know, say so of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is probably the central So that actually leads to communion with God. They say it's the highest and deepest work of the human spirit. Because when you're praying, you're connecting your spirit with God. Connection takes place. That's when the life of God starts to happen, friends. You know, the man and woman who walked with God, prayer wasn't an add-on. It was their life. It wasn't, oh, have I prayed today? No, no, no. (laughs) Way past that. It was their life. They just pray. Mark one thirty-five. very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Psalm 63, verse 1, O oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. That's David. John Wesley said, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. Number three. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, because another great key to an open heaven is unity. Acts 1, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What happened after they were in one accord? Praying. Heaven opened. And revival Came. Revival broke out. You see, great unity opened heaven. Now, listen for a couple of minutes, please. Satan actually means separator. His mission in life is to, or his ministry, is to separate us one from another. His goal, divide and conquer. And so that's what he does. It also means accuser. Revelation 12, verse 10 says he's the accuser of the brethren. So what he does in any given church, home, family, business, workplace, is he will separate people one from another by accusation. So he'll tell you something about this other person you work with, or another person in your home, or someone in your life group, or in your church. He'll tell. And let me tell you this, most of it's lying spirits. Why? Because he is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. God's not going to be accusing someone else to you. God's just not like that. He doesn't do that. So you can be sure the source is is often Satan. Why does he do this? Because he knows where there's unity, there's got to be blessing. So Satan thinks, now, how can I stop the blessing? I've got to bring disunity. How do I bring disunity? Through slander. Slander and accusation. I can separate people so I can stop the blessing of God. How many churches in this nation and across the world have fallen to pieces because of disunity among the people? It's a master strategy of the devil that we need to be so aware of and so conscious of because he, he will not give up on this, especially if he sees blessings start. You know, as soon as he sees blessing, he's got, right, I've got to stop this. Uh, I can see oh, boy, this is going to be a dangerous partnership. Boy, I've got to stop it. So he comes straight in. And divide and conquer. Anyone know what I'm talking about here? He'll do it in your home. Do it in your family. Do it with your kids. He'll do it. Anywhere. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. You know, a lot of scriptures here this morning, but I think scripture is good for us. Anyone else agree with that? Yeah. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing, that there be no divisions. Everyone say, no divisions <laughs> among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 2 Chronicles 5, 13 to 14. Remember when Solomon prayed. No, sorry, when the singers and musicians were in unity. The glory of God came, filled the temple, that they could not enter in because the glory filled the house. When the singers and musicians. So if there's one area where Satan will target with disunity, it's got to be in the music department. <laughs> sorry, singers, musicians, sound people. But that's it. It's the, that's Bible. Go and research it if you like. Because when the singers and the musicians beget as one, united, something's gonna happen. When they sing with one voice to the Lord. Okay, now we get really exciting. We've only got a few more. Number four is tithes, offerings, and giving. I know you're all waiting for that one, weren't you? How to open heaven over. This is maybe the easiest way for, to get to an open heaven. So Malachi 3, verse 10 is very clear. It says, bring all the tithes, all, that's 10%, not eight and a half, not nine, not two percent. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse is your spiritual home, the church, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. We heard that testimony before, didn't we? It says the Lord, if I will not open for you, what? The windows of heaven and pour out on you such blessing, there will not be room enough. To receive it, there was a pastor, his neighbour, non-Christian, as got financial problems. The pastor said, "Look, if you will tithe to the church, God will sort out your financial struggles." Non-believer, and then the believer is probably not interested. So the pastor said, "Okay, look, if he doesn't sort it out within six months, I will sort out your finances. I promise, I'll do it for you." So. The David thought, I'm gonna win this. If God doesn't do it, he's gonna do it. All I've got to do is give my ten bits. So he tithed, and sure enough, heaven opened, and God sorted out the finances, and the pastor didn't have to pay a cent. Tithing, giving opens the windows of heaven. Have you ever read through the story of Cornelius? When he calls Peter, he has this vision, calls Peter, and a revival breaks out. You'll find that in Acts 10, verse 3 to 4. He saw in a vision about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him and saying, Cornelius, because revival breaks out, all right? He said, now this is what happens. He said, Cornelius, when he looked at him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said, your prayers and your giving, your alms have come up as a memorial before God, which has opened the heavens and released revival in the land. Friends, generous giving will open the door of heaven over your life in Jesus' name and hopefully over the nation and bring a great revival. So clear from the scriptures, friends. And tonight we're going to pray for an open heaven over your finances. Number five, almost there. Prophetic declaration opens the heavens. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Are you happy still? No one's walked out. Usually once I start on money, people get very fidgety and go to the bathroom and all kinds of things. And some leave. Normally, honestly, it normally does happen. But today, we have matured and everyone has stayed. It's fantastic. Isaiah 55, 11. Unless there's someone I didn't see. Maybe they've turned us off in the uh, parent room. Hope not. Turn it back on. Someone. All right. I'm just just kidding. All right. Don't take it personally. Now they've all just walked out. Look, hold on. I'm just going. (laughs) Verse eleven. So shall my word be. This is when God speaks to you. That comes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. Prosper in the thing for which I sent it. A word from God. Listen. Contains in it the power to fulfill the word. What's God spoken to you? In it is the power of heaven. To fulfill what is actually, supposed, especially when you begin to prophetically declare. See, I do a lot of declarations. One of the keys to my life. So I declare what God has spoken. I declare it over and over and over again because there is power in what is, because what, what you're doing is you're agreeing with what God said to you. Yeah. So you and God, so when two agree, okay, it's great if me and Steve agree. That's great. But hey, when me and God ex- agree, sorry, Steve, it's another dimension, isn't that true? Yeah, true? So when God's spoken to you, you and God agree. when two agree, it's touching anything, it shall be? Yeah. There you go. We're going to make some declarations tonight. And agree with God and watch heaven open. Okay, finally, as I close it out this morning, Matthew 6, Matthew 3, 60. Oh, I love this. Matthew 3, this is a baptism of Jesus. What happens when he gets baptized? When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Before his water baptism, Jesus had waited for 30 years, faithfully fulfilling his responsibilities in the home and as a carpenter. He knew the call of God was on his life. He knew he'd be the Savior of the world, and he knew it would cost him. But the time has now come for him after 30 years to step into the reason and to step in to the call of God and the reason he'd been put on the planet. And friends, there comes a time in all of our lives and it comes on a repeating basis where it is a moment in our lives where we to step in to the call of God upon our lives. We're to step in to the purpose for which we are alive today. We are to step into the reason why we have breath in our lungs. We step into the plan of God and the destiny of God and why we were ever born and why we are on the planet today. And Jesus, after 30 years... When he took that step at water baptism and he stepped into the call of God, the heavens opened over his life because God would then equip him and empower him to fulfill the call and the will of God on his life. And so, friends, for you and I, there come seasons in our days, and we've already on the steps that we've got made a step along the journey, and so most of us have, and we've taken some steps into the call of God. But friends, every time you take another step, led by the Spirit into the call of God, the heavens open over your life to a greater measure. And God anoints you to fulfill the plan and the purpose that He has for you. So another key to an open heaven, sorry for getting a bit excited, but this is a reality of it, friends. Another key to an open heaven is total surrender to the will and the call and the plan of God upon your life. The reason you were born is why heaven will open. When you embrace the plan of God, when you embrace the call of God, heaven will open over your life and you'll walk in a whole new dimension. You won't even understand yourself. But friends, so many refuse to pick up the call of God, and heaven stays shut. And they think, why is my Christianity not working? As a church, every time we have stepped further into the call of God, the heavens have opened to a greater degree. We've seen this as we've pursued the call to the nations the leadership seminars, Cambodia. Heaven has opened a bit more. We've seen it with Running With Fire, TV, radio, magazine, mission teams. We've seen heaven open to another degree with New Zealand and beyond Christ Auckland and then Christchurch. We've seen it with the start of the city church. And God is now saying it's time for even more expansion. And friends, as we step into it, as we will, heaven will open even more and release greater and greater blessing until we see a full and great awakening in Auckland, New Zealand and the nations of the world. This is our destiny.